Um, if you, my, my two babies, go ahead and bring our two babies on up. We have it's Ella Sophia, is that correct? And Lincoln Richard. Go ahead and come on up. We're doing a couple baby dedications this morning. And then we also, we're going to recognize uh, graduates. I love this idea of here's some coming in and we got some going out. So it's just a beautiful picture of and all the life that's happened in between. So Ella's letting us know that she's here. She's back there. Like, why are you bothering me? This is Nick and Jessica Zuloff. And this is Lincoln. Everybody say hi, Lincoln. Oh, he's awesome. I got a chance to go see him when he was just freshly, freshly born. And this is, uh, yeah, he's a special little guy. And then Daniel, well, they call him Shorty. That's how, that's a, when I was first introduced to him, we called him Shorty. So he, that's, that's his nickname. And Tara Andrade, is that correct? And this is Ella Sophia. Everybody say, oh, so, she has a beautiful complexion. So come on closer together here, all right? All right, so just to make sure that you understand, we believe that dedication of children is not only just dedication of the children, but dedication of the parents in raising the children. We do not believe that this saves children, that this is salvation. They're going to make that decision as they get older, but this is part of helping them help make that choice to follow Jesus, and it's really a blessing on the parents as well to raise Um, their children in the fear um, and admonition of the Lord. I love this Lincoln. The name Lincoln means settlement by the pool, which is kind of an interesting thought because Scripture says they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's a beautiful picture. That We pray that Lincoln will be planted by the water, right, and that he will grow and bear fruit fruit as he gets older. Ella, the name Ella means oath of God. So this thought of a, a promise from God. What a beautiful gift. They have three boys. And so maybe she thought, if I get pregnant one more time, the promise is it will be a girl. And she was blessed with this precious little girl. In Isaiah 41.10 it says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And when I look this up, both of these names, it says people with these names have a deep inner desire for a stable, loving family or community and need to work with others and to be appreciated. And so isn't that a neat thought that they need a family and they need a community and they need the church. And that speaks so much into what we're going to be talking about this morning. So I want to pray this prayer. Do you guys pray with me this prayer over the babies, over the little ones? So let's pray. Creator of heaven and earth, creator of Lincoln and Ella, I come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for the gift of these children. I pray that they will follow Jesus at an early age. May they grow to love you with their whole heart. Help them love their neighbor the way that they will love themselves. May Lincoln be planted by streams of living water so that he will never fail to bear fruit in his life. May Ella experience the promises of God in her life. She remembers that you are with her. She doesn't have to live in fear, Lord. You will be with, you will be with her. You'll be her strength, and you will uphold her with your righteous right hand. Today we offer these children as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. I pray that they won't love the things of this world I ask that they will know your perfect will for their life. I pray, Lord, that they will be healthy, 
May they find favor with you and with man. Father, when the timing is right, bless them with a mate that loves and serves you. May they never forget how much we love them. May they never forget how much you love them. I speak this blessing over them in the name of Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen. Amen. also want to pray for the parents. Father, right now we come to you. I pray the, the, the two greatest commandments over this, these, these moms and dads, that they will love you, God, with all that they have, everything, their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And God, out of that will be the way that they love each other as a couple, the way they love their children, and the way they love their neighbors. God, I pray that they would experience that love in a new and profound way each and every moment of the day. We thank you for them. We pray that you would encourage them to this day that the best gift that they can give their kids is a home that where Jesus is present there and that he is the, the, the main thing that they focus on. And, the, and loving each other is the best way to show uh, their children the right way to love. God, we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And church, you're not off the hook because it's your responsibility to come alongside them and, and help them to take care of them. When the baby's crying and they need a hand, someone take that baby and comfort them. You know, just, so church, it's our job, right, to help them raise their children in, in this way. So praise, thank you. Give them a hand. We have a, um, we have this gift. I thought this was a, this a unique gift. This, this is called the Jesus Storybook Bible, and it says, every story whispers his name. The name of Jesus is all throughout. Jesus is all throughout the Bible, and these are some great stories that you can you can have that you can read to your children. Matter of fact, it's actually a great tool for us to learn the stories too, and, and to educate us as parents. And so, that's a gift from the church to you. So, bless you guys, and thank you. All right, bless you. Uh, <laughs> exactly, that's right. He was saying books with pictures are awesome. <laughs> bless you, man. Tara and Shorty have really kind of from the very beginning when we started the church meeting at homes, they've been, they've been coming. It's really been a blessing to have them. Have them. All right, now, if you're a graduate of high school, we have some, some gifts for you too, so come on up. We have a girl that I'm fairly familiar with. Her name's Emma Rainey Testorf. Come on up. We have Courtney Marie Kipping. We have Kylie Marie Julian, there you go. we have Chelsea Lynn Inglis, which is great because that's my middle name too, bless you, come on up, Kyle Bledsoe, and Austin Shanks, and I am so glad they all showed up this morning, <laughs> amen, amen, yes, because Emma and Kylie both graduated, and you graduated, you graduated Today, all right, she graduated last night, so she, she shared an incredible speech last night. It was, it was awesome. It was the, actually, it was the best part about the whole graduation, and the storm was pretty powerful, too, but your speech was good. All right, so these, these young people are getting ready to, to go somewhere. Going to go to college, go to work, maybe both, uh, more than likely both. <laughs> and so we want to pray. We want to pray for them, right? We want to encourage them. So... If, you're, if a parent is here with them, and if, or if a, a parent's not here with them, just somebody that, they're, that they know and they're close to, why don't you come up real quick? Parent or significant others, people that are f- close to them. I know uh, Kyle's sister, Tara, is very involved in our church, and she's with your dad working in Parkville selling uh, 
antiques or something like that, right? You got parents here? Come on up. Yeah, there you go. Good. Come on up. You going to stand with these North Platte guys? Yeah, awesome. All right, so just place your hand up on their shoulder. It's good. Oh, we got a, this is awesome. We have a teacher that's with, yeah, she's making sure she really gets the graduation. <laughs> she's going to escort her there. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, this, this is my thought for them. My thought for them is the Lord's Prayer. All right, so we're going to pray this over your life. So just bow with me. So our Father, you're in heaven, and your name is holy and hallowed and high and lifted up. I pray that it will always be the case for these young people, that they will lift your name up. God, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in their life like it is in heaven. God, I pray that they would trust you each and every day for what it is that they need that day, whether it be bread or gas money or coins for laundry. Whatever it is, God, that they know that you are concerned about the smallest details of their life. And also the big ones too. God, I pray that this would be an opportunity for them to to look back and and to seek you, God, for the forgiveness that comes through the name of Jesus. And that they would ask forgiveness for their sin. And also, Lord, that they would learn to forgive others that have hurt them up until this point in their life. Because if they can figure that out, they can learn to forgive. So much freedom that comes in that. And so we ask for that right now for them. God, I pray that you would, um, as they go away from this place, you would lead them not into temptation. The world's full of it, Lord. It's full of temptation. That could draw them away from what's really best for them. That their minds would be clear, their their decision-making process would be clear, that they they would seek and draw upon wise counsel from their family and friends. Lead them not into temptation, Lord, but deliver them from the evil one who the scripture says he looks, he looks around, he searches the earth to devour those who are, are weak. God, the, the, just protect them from the evil one. And Lord, we pray that it'll be all about, their life would be all about your kingdom and they can live this life by your power and they can live this life that you've given them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Bless you guys. Give them a round of applause. Jacob and Angela. So here's what I want to do. Jacob and Angela are a young couple that just have a real passion for young people. You're going to follow them out. And any other middle school or high school student in the room, follow them out too. And you guys are all going to go hang out together and have a time um, as, a, uh, as some high, you, high school graduates. You can share some wisdom with these younger people because you know all about life now, right? <laughs> it's not that I don't want them to be here, but I want them to go and just spend some time, spend some time together. What an exciting time of life for the, for the young people who are graduating high school. This has been a crazy week at our house because we had a couple graduations, we had a party, we had all kinds of crazy things going on. We had three tragedies this week, and by the way, for those of you that are new, Emma Rainey Testorf obviously is my daughter, and uh, I'm going to share this message, and it's going to be really kind of centered around some lessons that, I've, that we've learned about church, I mean, in context of Emma's life. But before that, 
I want to share with you, we had three tragedies in our house this week, in our household, in the Testorf household. For one, we just bought a newer vehicle. It's not a new vehicle, but it's newer to us. And the other day on Wednesday, I discovered that there was some fluid in, in the garage. And I think, well, maybe this is the condensation off the, the air conditioner. So didn't think much about it. But then I thought, you know, I better check it out. And I put my finger in it. Didn't feel right. and Didn't smell right. I think, this is radiator fluid. This is not good. And so I, um, I, took, it, I took it to back to the dealership, and I said, hey, it's literally like 30 days to that day that we had bought this vehicle. This is not a good thing. This is leaking fluid, and, and this is not good timing either. We got all this stuff coming up this weekend. This is not, this is not very helpful for me right at the moment. And so uh, they took it in. I actually had a little bit window of time on Wednesday to sit and kind of just process and start working on my sermon. And while I was sitting in the waiting room, I was talking to this lady, a friend of mine, another Christian here in town, and I had a great chance to connect with her. And they came out and they said, well, you know, it's going to be $800 for the repair. And you know, I'm a pastor, and I got $800 in my pocket all the time. And so it was awesome that I could just get out the cash and pay for it. <laughs> but I was like, uh, I have $800, that's to pay for the sales tax, which I got to do tomorrow before my tags expire. And... And they're like, well, uh, let's, let's do this. Let's talk, let's talk to the manager tomorrow, the guy that you bought the vehicle from. He can make this decision. Let's see if they'll work with you. And so I spent the next 24 hours kind of thinking, like, how is it going to work out? Well, praise the Lord that they, they said, Brady, hey, here's the deal. We're going to stand behind this vehicle, and we're going to take care of it for you. They didn't charge us anything to fix the vehicle. Praise the Lord. It was, it was awesome. So if, um, if you're ever going to buy a, a vehicle, Thoroughbred Ford here in Platte City is a pretty good place to go because they made it. So I, there's my plug. It's out there. I told him I would do that. It's, it's done. Here's another thing that happened. This, was, this, this tragedy probably supersedes all of the other tragedies in our life up to this moment. You, I, you might even saw this on the news, at least on social media. Maybe you ran across this story we ran completely out of toilet paper at my house. I'm talking about there was not a square to be found. Nowhere. The napkins were scared. The paper towels were running the other way. Even the, the, the socks that don't have a match, they were a little terrified, thinking something bad is going to go down here. All right? Listen, I have three ladies that live in my house. Three all right, if it's a couple of guys, pff, no big deal, right? We'll figure it out. Three girls, when the 16-year-old gets up in the morning, this is one of the reasons why I want the teenagers to be out of here. When the 16-year-old gets up in the morning and my wife's like, uh, there's no toilet paper, <coughs> eyes get the rolling, feet get stomping, and things just get bad. So I, needless to say, I rushed to the store, spent my last $6 on the $5.98 roll of, or uh, thing of toilet paper. It was the cheap stuff, too. It's not good, but it works. It does the job, all right? That was a tragedy, but we overcame it. And then the last one was, yesterday, Emma graduated from high school. It was a beautiful day, but somebody got into my daughter's purse and stole her phone and stole $120 worth of gift cards that she had got from graduation. But you know what? That's small in comparison, right, to some bigger problems in the earth. And, and that'll all work itself out. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Tuesday morning, 
some guys get together at Burger King. We call it the King's Men. We, we meet at the BK Lounge, and we just get together. We open up God's Word, and sometimes we'll just go through the book of Proverbs, whatever day it is. So it was Proverbs 12 because it was on the 12th day of May. And I'm not really sure if it was a verse that really caught my, my attention or if it was just some thoughts that we had that we had had that morning that kind of got me started down this path of reflecting on why is the local church so important? One of the reasons why I think I thought about it is because there was a young man named Buddy. His name is Buddy Carr. Some of you know Buddy. Uh, we watched Buddy grow up. Him and his brother Roscoe would walk the church on their own. Little guys just walk the church to, to get there. And Buddy was back in town And Buddy was at Bible study, and Buddy was there with a guy named Randy Veneta. Randy was a youth worker in our church, for youth ministry for years. And to see the look on Randy's face when he got to see Buddy again was priceless. It was like he was giddy to see Buddy again. And they reconnected. It was awesome. And I just was sitting there thinking, man, isn't it, isn't it just amazing that that's what the church affords, those kind of connections and relationships? And there's something, something magical about that, I believe. And here's what I want to do right now. I want all of us together right here in this place to, to draw together and lift my friend Buddy up to the Lord because Buddy is struggling right now. And uh, his marriage is falling apart. He's got a, young, a one-year-old little boy. And Buddy just needs to be set free from some stuff in his life. And so together right now, we just pray. Lord, we just lift up Buddy. His, his real name is Curtis. I call him Buddy. Father, together in the name of Jesus, we all, with our hands together, we pick Buddy up and we reach as high as we possibly can and get him as close to you as possible, Lord. And we offer him to you. The thought I had earlier, Lord, was the, the, the man that was possessed by many demons and he, nothing could restrain him. And then when he met Jesus, Jesus set him free. And then he was sitting there in his right mind and he was told to go back to his family and friends to tell others about the mercy that God had had on him. God, would Buddy be that guy? Would you set Buddy free this morning so that he can go back and show his friends and family the mercy that he has received from you? Would it be so? In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Because when I think about the church, I always go to this passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. It's part of our, it's part of our um, vision for our church is to be committed to teaching, to fellowship, and to prayer. To be committed to these things. And so, out of this passage of Scripture, kind of flowing out of this... Um, How many of you remember the purpose-driven life, the purpose-driven life, you know, purpose-driven church, those kind of things? Yeah, Rick Warren, powerful stuff, good stuff. And in that, there are five different purposes of the church that he speaks of. It's fellowship, discipleship, worship, ministry, and evangelism. And all of those are found in these verses. And so here's what I want to, want to do. Using those five things, I want to... Um, share those in the context of Emma, Emma's life. And the church, the body of Christ, how they collectively and individually, how they 
are to grow and how Emma has grown being connected to the church. And hopefully it'll make some sense. So we're going to focus on these ideas. We are to grow warmer through fellowship, being connected to one another. We are to grow deeper through discipleship, becoming more and more like Jesus. We're to grow stronger through worship. We are to grow outward, broader through ministry, using our gifts and our abilities, resources to bless others. And we are to grow larger through evangelism. That is a public proclamation, whether it be someone standing on a street corner shouting the name of Jesus or you having a cup of coffee with a friend leading them to the Lord. We are to, all five of those things, growing warmer, deeper, stronger, broader, larger. Emmett was born in 1996. And at that point, Trisha and I were already pretty involved in the Baptist church here in town. I wasn't on staff yet, but we were going there. It was our church home. It was our family away from family. They were our brothers and sisters in Christ. Just like you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. The church hosted a baby shower for Trish in, of all places, the Fellowship Hall. A lot of churches have those places just set aside called a Fellowship Hall. It was put on by two ladies, Trish, and wanted to bless her. And other ladies came together as well. And it was even one of those ladies that put on the shower that took care of Emma for the first year of her life while Trish was still working outside the home. Emma started to experience what it was like to grow warmer through fellowship even before she was born. People were already blessing her and blessing us and coming together to support us and encourage us. One of Trish's favorite stories about the church And when it comes to Emma, when Emma was a baby, we would sit kind of on the second, maybe third row, depending on uh, where we were at that morning, and Emma would start out there with us, and then she would get passed around during the sermon. Can you imagine, like, Emma starts with Kylie, and she gets passed to Dan, and then Dan passes her to Dawn, and, and Emma just was growing in fellowship before she even knew what it was. And then we would have to track her down at the end of the service, Trying to figure out, okay, where does she end up? What side of the sanctuary is she on? Who, who has her now? It was beautiful. As she got a little older, she started going to the nursery and like into the children's ministry area, and she would get some special treatment from a, guy, from a guy named Carlin Carter. Carlin would take Emma out on her own and just carry her around the church, fellowshipping with Emma, teaching her how to grow warmer, how to love people and to love you. He'd walk her around the hallways and just entertain her. She was a little spoiled, for sure. She was learning what it was like to be supported by others in the body of Christ. She was experiencing true koinonia, which is like the sweet connection that I believe only Christians can have with one another. It's not that people who aren't a follower of Jesus can't be connected and have fellowship. They can do that. But it's not Christ-centered, so it's not the same. Hopefully you've experienced a little bit of that in church. And if that hasn't been your church experience, then shame on the church, and we need to fix that. We need to make sure that we fix that here. We can't let that not happen here. We've got to make sure we're connected that way. Quick side note, it was not just inside the four walls of that church where Emma was experiencing this. It was other people in the body of Christ. 
Like, if you, you know that if someone is a believer in Jesus, they're your brother or sister. So your family is bigger than you think. And this, your family is actually pretty large. As a matter of fact, they're all coming over today, and I hope you have enough toilet paper in your house because it could really be a tragedy. But your family is large. And so there were people, other people from the other churches that were um, ministering to Emma. Uh, she went to Life Christian Academy when she was just a little girl, and she just finished at that same, same school, same location, just this weekend. So there's other people investing in Emma's life. When she was old enough, she started going to Sunday school. That's when she started hearing the stories of the Bible and stories of Jesus. She started to grow deeper through being discipled, through discipleship. Like, I want to teach you to be like Jesus. There was a lady named Teresa Gutshaw. She was her, her Sunday school teacher. She loved and cared for Emma like Emma was one of hers. She shared all of the important Bible stories with Emma and gave her a consistent and faithful picture of what a godly woman, what a godly woman should be like. Ladies, you have an opportunity to pour that kind of thing into young women, younger than yourselves, being a consistent example. Things were being taught from Teresa and things were being caught from Teresa. Does that make sense? That's kind of what biblical discipleship is like. It's kind of like, hey, you watch me do it. Then let's do it together. Then I'm going to watch you do it. And then you are going to teach others to do it. Does that make sense? And that's what discipleship is. And so she, Emma was learning that at a, at a young age. So she was growing deeper through discipleship. Emma's love for worship started at an early age. She loved music and she loved to sing. There's this funny video, home video that we have on a VHS tape. You know what that is, right? Remember those things? VHS tapes. Emma was singing, Jesus Loves Me. And like, I think it was Trish would get her started, and then she would start singing, and, and, then, and then Trish would stop, and then she, then she tried to get her to sing again, and then we'd start, and then she'd tell Trish to stop. And it was hilarious watching Emma perform in front of the camera. Little did she know that she would stand on this stage and lead worship for her dad's church. It's a pretty cool thought. Little did she know back then that as she grew, her problems would grow with her. That is when she really needed worship to help lift her up during some difficult days ahead. That's how worship helps us to grow stronger. It lifts us up out of the kind of the muck and the mire of everyday life. That's when a passage like the one I read earlier for Ella when it says in Isaiah 41.10, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's when it really does have some real life application. Emma started to grow stronger through worship. Emma and her sisters completed this program in the Baptist church called Girls in Action. GAs. Anybody else been in GAs? You know what GAs? Are you familiar with that? It was a missions emphasis program for young ladies. Obviously, that's the name, Curls in Action. And there was a woman there, her name was Sharon Austin, and Sharon poured into Emma's life and all the young ladies that she had um, connections with. She really poured in and gave them all that she had, especially my girls. All three of my girls went through that program. This is where Emma began to see the bigger picture of what it meant to love God and love others. Her faith grew broader 
through ministry. Middle school came and Emma discovered that she had a mission field of friends that needed to hear about Jesus. And some of those friends together began to invite their friends to come to youth group. It was awesome and pretty amazing that Emma had a really cool youth pastor at the time, and a lot of her friends came to the youth group during those middle school years. He was a really cool guy. He was awesome. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was me. All right. <laughs> but it was, it was really incredible. I was thinking about this last night. I was looking at all the names and how many of those kids we had some type of contact with through the youth ministry, through our church. And Emma had a big role to play in that because she saw that her, her mission field was broader. She watched the church. This, was, this is kind of like this. I just wanted to share these thoughts. She watched this church um, pour out practical blessings on her and, and the benefit of being connected to the body of Christ. She watched people give and give to our family to make sure that our needs were met. My kids have a, what I think is a pretty cool picture of the body of Christ. Not everybody has that, but I'm, hopefully this is true. My kids would say that, that they've seen the church at its best. She watched the church come together and bless our family as we adopted two children from Peru in 2006. She watched the church come together and send our whole family back to Peru in 2008. And while Emma was there, her and Eliza were just young girls, and they started catching on to what it was like to minister to those different than them. It seemed like skin color didn't really matter at all to them. They met these two little girls down in the center of the city called the Plaza de Armas, and they met these two little girls one night while we were doing some ministry down there, and they just connected with them really quick. It was amazing. Isn't it amazing how fast little kids can become friends? We struggle with that as adults, don't we? Because we just don't trust people as much as they trust one another. It was two or three nights later, I think, when we were back one more time in that same area, and Emma and Eliza saw those little girls, the same little girls from a distance, and they ran to them like they had known them their whole life and embraced them in this incredible, joyous hugs and and, they, and the little girls had little earphones in, and they were listening, letting Emma and Eliza listen to their Spanish music. And they had, just like they'd been friends forever, Emma was getting this broader picture through ministry of what the church, what life was all about. Numerous times people gave Emma money to, to, for her to go to youth camp and go to, on mission trips. She was able to travel with me to El Salvador in 2012. She went to Chicago with us in 2013. She went to the Dominican Republic without me. She was so excited about that. In last year with her classmates from school. And just this weekend, Emma watched the body of Christ come together to celebrate her accomplishments. And she was lavish with words of love, encouragement, cards, cash, Starbucks, gift cards that she's not going to give to her father. I'm not sure why that is, after all I've done for her. You can tell her later she should give me that. <laughs> Actually, the problem is that somebody stole them out of her purse. But here's the deal, listen. The body of Christ came together again. It's someone that's not even connected to our church, but someone that's connected to her through the, the body at large wrote Emma a $200 check last night and handed it to her and said, I want to replace what was taken from you. 
because I can and because I feel God is calling me to do it. That's, ladies and gentlemen, that's the picture of the church. And you're thinking, um, well, what about the Bible? What does the Bible have to say? What does Acts 2 through 42 through 47 have to say about all this? Well, I'm getting there, so hold on. And then finally, Emma has seen her family grow, her church family grow larger through evangelism. She's been able to see friends come to Christ. She's been able to see strangers in foreign lands give their life to Jesus and watch the Lord add to their number, to the number of the church daily, those who are being saved. And right now, she's getting ready to step out into another large mission field called college. It's gonna be a little different than middle school. Maybe there's some similarities because there's people there, people that, are, that have needs, people that need Jesus. And the church has been there the whole time, encouraging Emma, lifting her up, spurring her on. So listen to what it says about the church in this passage of Scripture. This is the early followers, and they were together. It says, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, those who were being rescued, from destruction, it says, and brought into a place that was safe. See, that is the church. A place where people can be rescued and brought into a place, a place where they can grow deeper, experience fellowship, they can become stronger, they can, they can see life get expanded through opportunities to serve and to give, and they can see their family grow larger when other people come to put their faith in Jesus. See, church, this is where we then have the opportunity to take this, and in the context of our life, our life right here, right now, what does that look like for us? Like, how do we find ways to grow warmer through fellowship? How can we become more connected with each other? Not missing out on the fact that it's, not, it's more than just about us getting connected to each other inside these walls, right? It's more than just that. But it is that. How can we grow deeper to becoming more and more like Jesus? Learning the stories, learning what the Bible has to say about life. I mean, that's what we do on Sunday mornings. How can we become stronger when we worship, when we take our problems and all of our struggles and trials and we lift them up to the Lord in song and say, God, just take them. Take them away from me. How can we become more impactful? How can we expand our comfort zone and get, just reach out into the community that we live in? 
How can we become broader through ministries? You all have gifts and talents and abilities and resources that together we can do incredible things. Do you know our church alone blessed so many young ladies or ladies that went into that worship, uh, that women's conference a few weeks ago, and there's still story after story of coming of the fruit that's coming out of that because our church invested in that. I want you to know that every time that you give, part of that money gets set aside to do ministry. You just know that that's true. It's going to happen. That's what we do when you, when you give. And then the last thing I want to challenge you with is how do we grow larger through sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others around us? I want you to look at an empty seat next to you and know that's true that you know somebody that really should be or could be sitting in this chair. And maybe you've reached out to them 100 times. Maybe you need to reach out to them 101 times, one more time, to encourage them. And even if they never come in to this church, maybe they come into the body of Christ by putting their faith and hope in Jesus because of your testimony and your story to them. See, because there's a cycle that happens here. and this is, I'm going to finish up with this. If the band wants to come, go ahead and come on up. I want you to think about this. This is how the cycle works. As we experience what the church was experiencing, as we experience that, as our needs get met, as we become more devoted to teaching and fellowship and prayer and being together and, and growing stronger, as we experience that and then we share that with other people, Guess what? We bring them in to experience that too. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if everybody had the experience of church like Emma has had the experience of church? Wouldn't it be amazing if, if every single little baby got passed around and loved on and was shown how to really truly love and be loved? Wouldn't that be amazing? Because once you experience that, then you turn around and give it away to somebody else so that they can experience that too. Don't you want other people to have that experience? Like, I know I do. And I'm kind of a church junkie. I've been blessed by church too. It hasn't always been perfect because you know why? Because there's people and we're not perfect. And that's okay because we know one who is. And he'll take us just as we are to perfect us so that we can become a part of, of the church and helping other people experience it too. All right, you guys go ahead and come. So hopefully today you've been encouraged by the story be encouraged by the text to go and, uh, and to do something with it. To take it out of this place, out of these walls, and go and let other people have that experience too. So let us worship together. Yes. Because it is well, we can... <sighs> Just we're grateful. As you uh, leave here today, we do have an opportunity for you to give if you came prepared to do that. And I wanna, I'm gonna pray a prayer for that offering. And uh, thank you. Just thank you for giving and being obedient and blessing the church. Uh, you, you just would not believe how good God has been <laughs> to us. Hey, you know what? A month from right now, we'll celebrate our first year anniversary. And we invite everyone to, to come. We're gonna go out to a place called the Farmer's House. It's in between Weston and Platte City. It's out where uh, red, kind of Red Barn Farm is one side of the road and Farmer's House is right there on the highway, 273. We're gonna have lunch together. We're just gonna just celebrate together and spend time with each other. We're gonna have some warm fellowship. 
Hopefully it's not too warm. Pray that it's like 72 degrees and sunny. Um, and we'll enjoy just, just celebrating what God is doing in this place. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be your pastor and to know your story and you to know mine. And, and uh, let's just continue to, to do life together, right? So God, right now, we just thank you for the gifts that are going to be given. Thank you for the guests that are here and the visitors that have come. God, I pray uh, for Kyle as he, for this interview tomorrow. God, I pray it's just clear to him, like this is a good fit for him. It's a great next step for him. And uh, we praise you for the babies. Oh, Lord, the babies, that they would just grow up to experience church the way that Emma has experienced church. We pray for the graduates as they get ready to go. God, I pray that they would find a church where they're going to love them just as well as Emma has been loved, maybe even better. God, we ask for that. We thank you for the offering. May it be multiplied as we, as we plant it and we, we sow it into ministry and, and the work that's going on here, that it would grow and be immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.